How well do we really know our neighbors, especially when they do something wrong? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits. We're still dealing with the aftermath of the heinous attack in London, Ontario on Sunday, June the 6th, in which a 20-year-old man is alleged to have run over deliberately a family out for an evening walk, killing uh, grandparents, a mother and a daughter, and a son was gravely injured. Police are alleging it was premeditated, which would indicate first-degree murder charges are on the books. They're also indicating that it was possibly directed at the family, which means it could be a hate crime under Canadian law. And of course, there are those who are immediately calling for terrorism, including our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, who called it an act of terrorism. I don't want to go over the arguments that I've been making over the past few days why I am keeping my powder dry on this, because there's a lot we don't know. We are learning more, though, about the suspect. And this is the topic of this this podcast, about what we know, how we know it, uh, and what it means. So let me quote very liberally from an article in the London Free Press. By the way, I apologize for my my appearance. I just got back from a run. I've been thinking about this podcast all through my run, and I don't want to wait uh, to get changed to actually record it. So uh, ignore the sweat dripping off my nose. This is an article by Dale Carruthers, among, amongst others, in the London Free Press. Uh, I've known Dale for years. I've talked with him on occasion on national security issues. And there's some interesting details that are coming out about the suspect, who is a 20-year-old man named Veltman, Nathan, is it Nathan Veltman? And the reporters have talked to a taxi driver who was in the same parking lot in northwest London where the uh, alleged uh, suspect stopped after having hit the family. And he said that uh, the suspect came out of his car, approached him. He was at the, the taxi driver was smoking a cigarette and said, call the police. He just killed someone. The cab driver noted that the, his vehicle was blood spattered. And it was damaged. And when the uh, police, he flagged down the police. And uh, when the police arrived uh, and he was, they got the suspect out of his vehicle, he started laughing. And according to the cabbie, he says, quote, he was not traumatized. It's terrifying. You're in all by yourself. So it's Nathaniel Veltman. Sorry, not Nathan. Nathaniel Veltman. He's been charged with four degree, four counts of first-degree murder. Uh, he has not entered no plea so far. But here's the interesting thing, is that what Dale and his uh, colleagues have found out from, from uh, people that knew Mr. Veltman. Here's a few quotes. Quote, Nate is not a radical terrorist. He's nothing like that. He's not an Islamophobe. That's not who this kid is. This person who is, is Middle Eastern himself said Nate was a very close friend and never said anything bad to me. Another friend said that Veltman, quote, never said anything hateful, unquote, about any groups. He's a Christian. He has a great relationship with God. He was always pretty calm towards other people. The suspect worked at a uh, egg farm in Strathroy, which is just northwestish of London. And, of course, the owner is shocked and saddened. He said that... Um, he has no idea why he would do this. He's completely uh, flummoxed as to what happened. Uh, another quote, only a few weeks ago, uh, the suspect went fishing with friends and seemed to them as happy as ever. A photo from the trip shows a smiling Veltman showing off his catch. So one more detail, which seems to be maybe relevant. And I stress maybe. Uh, last Friday, so before the, the Sunday attack, Veltman asked a co-worker to finish his shift for him because his grandmother or great-grandmother had just died. And, quote, he seemed broken up over it on Friday. 
That's the last time that I saw him. And in fact, an obituary in the Strat in a Strathroy funeral home confirmed that on Friday, a 101-year-old woman named Veltman uh, had died. Whether it's his grandmother, again, that remains to be determined. The suspect may have played airsoft, competitive shooting game like paintball. Uh, it is confirmed that he was wearing a body armor style vest at the time of his arrest, but a police spokesman de- declined to say whether or not he was wearing anything depicting swastikas, which is what the cabbie said. Uh, another friend said, uh, Veltman never pushed his own beliefs. He wasn't an extreme Christian. He never seemed to hate people. He never said anything hateful. It seems completely out of character. More, he's not a violent guy. He's a bit high-strung, per- perhaps. Other than that, he's a good guy. He gets along with everybody at work. So, um, what do we do with all this? I don't know. What this points out to me is a couple things. Is that when, when you ask people what they think of someone, and it's usually in the wake of a, an event like this, a murder, a terrorist attack, a, a violent assault, you invariably hear people say, well, what? No, no, no. no. Phil, Phil wouldn't do that. He, he, he's a really nice guy. I mean, I didn't know him really well, but, you know, he'd live next door and, and he'd pick up our mail for us when we went on vacation and he'd feed the cat. And, and sometimes he'd travel over my driveway because, you know, you know, a lot of snow came overnight. No, no, no. You must have the wrong person because this guy wouldn't do this. You hear this time and time and time again. I would caution no known uh, uh, links yet. Mm. I mean, it's only been 24 hours. Certainly right. in my days, it ceases. It t- sometimes takes months to determine those links. No criminal record. Well, that's a fact. He hasn't been charged with a crime in the past, but I, I think- But he you has know, had contact must... with the police. They did say that. Right. I, I think it's important. I know this is really hard to ask in 2021, but we have to wait for more facts to come in in terms of who he was, uh, who his associates were, who he's in contact with. They'll be interviewing family and friends, maybe associates at school or work wherever he was to develop a profile of who this individual was. But they have enough now to suggest something. But Again, these things take time. Investigations are laborious processes, whether they're police investigations or intelligence investigations. So what does this mean? Well, it can mean a whole bunch of things. One is that we really don't know the people in our environments, for the most part. We know them to talk to them. We know them to maybe associate with them. But what's going on in their heart of hearts or their mind of minds, we really don't know. Secondly, some people are really good at hiding things. You've all heard cases of, of serial killers, for example, who are active over periods of years, if not decades. And when they're finally arrested, it's like, what? You arrested him? He killed six, 12, 25 people? There's no way. There was never any signs, never any overt signs. It could be this person literally snapped over the course of the last few days or weeks. The bottom line is we don't know. And, 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 the, and the, the aggravating part and the frustrating part for a lot of people is we may never know. I cite the case of the, the, uh, the, the mass shooter in Las Vegas. Was it 2018? Stephen Paddock shot, I don't know, 500 people from the balcony of his hotel, the Mandalay Hotel, ended up killing 50 or so, then killed himself before police killed the rest of them. They never determined a motive. They never determined why he did it. He seemed to be an average American. And I know this is frustrating. I know that we want answers to our questions. And I commend Dale Carruthers and his colleagues and other news reports that I've been reading uh, in Canadian media who are trying to find out why, trying to uncover clues that explain this heinous, cowardly act of violence against an innocent family out for a walk on a Sunday evening. We need those details. We, We crave those details as humans to understand 
why something happens because our, our minds can't go there. Our minds don't aren't able to comprehend why someone would do something like this. Especially if it seems like it's so out of character for the person as we think we know them. I hate to tell you this, folks, but we may never really find out why this event happened on Sunday. We may get a full confession. We may get some indication from something he left, whether it's a manifesto or an online posting or whatever. Or we may not. He may choose to simply plead guilty and, and, and never divulge why he did what he did. And we find that unacceptable. Because as humans, we always want to know why. We want to understand. We want to come terms with why someone would carry out an act of this nature. But, you know, as somebody who worked in intelligence for 32 years, your information is only as good as the reliability of the sources from which it came. This is why we confirm, this is why we confirm our, our sources. This is why we try to determine how reliable they are. Where do they get the information from? Is the information biased? Is it complete? Eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable for a whole host of reasons. The conditions weren't right. It was dark. They were panicked. They were anxious. They were frightened at the time when they saw something. I can imagine the cab driver just having been told by someone, call the cops, I've just killed someone. I'm sure that upset him, that unraveled him, that unnerved him. It may have affected his ability to say what he said he saw. Were there really swastikas on the body armor? Maybe there were, maybe there weren't. Again, we're going to have to wait and find out. The waiting sucks, I know. I've put out several pieces already on the fact that people want answers, they want answers now, but answers aren't going to come now. They're going to come after days or weeks or months of investigation, and we have to be patient for that. That's the way we worked in intelligence. I suggest that's the way the Canadians should treat this case right now and not jump to conclusions like our prime minister has about this being an act of terrorism. That's political pandering. In the end, it may turn out that it was an act of terrorism. We don't know that as of Wednesday, June the 9th. So I would ask the prime minister to keep his mouth shut, let the police do their jobs, let them collect the evidence so that the proper charges can be laid, the proper court case can be held, the proper pr prosecution can unfold, and one hopes we get a satisfactory result, which is a guilty verdict or a guilty plea. And this man serves many, many years behind bars for what he did. I know we want to know why. Sometimes the why simply isn't there. Anyhow, that's what I think with my latest thoughts on this uh, act of, of violence in London, Ontario. What do you think? What do you think about neighbors' reports on people? What do you think about eyewitness accounts? You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter, borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content, one more, go to the website, borealisthreatenrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, you get a free day of the digest. Today in Terrorism, quick kits like these, longer Canadian intelligence, A podcasts, perspectives, all the material that I do. You also find a link to my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, History of Terrorism in Canada from the Confederation of the Present, available only from my website. $25 Canadian plus shipping and handling. Love to hear your feedback. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.